0: What's up, guys? Fake Football Real people here. Back to throw you some knowledge in the fantasy football world. Honestly, we're going to jump right into it. I've got Garrett Morgan. I've got Sam Clinch. I've got Tyler Enshwit, Colin Penton, I've got Rory Laura. All right, we're going to jump right on into it. Leonard Fournette gets cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars a day ago. Today he gets signed. Actually, minutes ago he gets signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Unfortunately for me, I drafted Ronald Jones like super early in this draft. I'm still hyped on him, but uh, Leonard Fournette, value there. I mean, it's a crowded backfield, great offense. I could definitely see some opportunity to score. Uh, You guys think the same?
1: I mean, I definitely think it's probably the best landing spot for him to return value this year. Um, It's still a really crowded backfield. Um, Ronald Jones will still get used. It's kind of a headache now, but... Uh, I don't see, I don't know, I don't see either of them taking over, like, full third down work. I mean, I think Fournette's probably their main guy now as far as early down work, goal line work, and some, some third down work as well. But Ronald Jones is still going to get used, and I still think they use uh, LaShawn McCoy or um, Dare, however you say his last name, Manjig Bawali, as um, <clears throat> mix him in the third down as well. I've actually heard reports that Keyshawn Vaughn, their third-round pick this year, uh, could get cut, so. I don't know. It's, uh, like I said, instant reactions here. Uh, I think this is probably Fournette's best landing spot. I think the upside for him now was to score a lot of touchdowns up close.
2: Yeah, and see, I think his best landing spot was actually the Patriots, honestly. Um, I hate this. I hate this that he landed um, at the Bucks. I kind of was hoping to see what Ronald Jones had. Um, they've done a lot of draft picks on the running back in the last two years. So I find it a little weird. You also sign the veteran, LaShawn McCoy, and you bring Fournette in one week before it starts the season. So obviously he's not going to make an impact off the jump, but Sam hit it, hit it on the head. I mean, it makes the room, the running back room, really strange. Um, it's going to be really hard, and you probably won't know who to play if there's any fantasy value until probably maybe three to four weeks in. I don't think anybody is just going to be a clear cut starter for the first couple of weeks, and I wouldn't feel comfortable starting any of those guys
0: at this point now. Yeah, I agree. I I was thinking about this as you were speaking, though, and completely different situation, but a lot of opportunity to score this year potentially with Tom Brady. Do we see a, a blunt with like the 16 touchdown year, 18 that, touchdown year? That,
1: that's? I I don't I don't think it's that much, but I think that's the role that yeah Fournette will have because mm-hmm. um, it's it's still going to be a very. Pass first offense it's still mm-hmm. going to revolve around the receivers. Who Fournette can catch the ball? He can catch it, but I don't. I don't think they're going to use him a, a whole whole lot on third down. I don't think he fits what they're wanting to do. But I also could be wrong. Um, he he was not
2: very successful in the red zone with the Jaguars. See, that's something right. I don't know. Which, but no, but so, I mean, and obviously the Jaguars' offense wasn't super efficient and weren't weren't that great. But I mean, you've got running backs that were able to score in bad offenses and. Leonard Fournette did not do a good job of that since he's been in the NFL. In college, the guy could score. And I'm not saying that his the talent's not there to score, but I mean uh, I think I mean like you said, there's not going to be a whole lot. It's going to be more in the passing game. And like I said, I still just don't feel comfortable like saying that he's going to get that many touchdowns until he really gets into the offense and figures out what's going on. Right.
1: As far as if you've already drafted Fournette or Ronald Jones, you got to hang on to him. Um, don't do anything crazy as far as dropping them or anything. I, I, you cannot play either one of them, uh, to start the year. You're going to have to just wait a couple weeks and see how it turns out at least week one. Um, I don't know. I I just, I'm glad I've been a little lower on Ronald Jones this year. I I didn't trust Bruce Arian's coach talk. He's done this before in the past a lot. Um, glad I faded kind of this, that backfield, but it does suck. If you've already drafted, you're you're not gonna get the return you wanted on either of these two guys unless one of them goes down. So it does not it, it's a bad situation, but um I think it's probably the best landing spot. One of the best reasonable landing spots for Fournette, barring the Patriots, like you said, so um Vince, that that could have been good too. Rory, what do you think?
3: Yeah, you kinda took the words out of my mouth as far as the roles that they're gonna play. I saw the report saying that uh right before they signed Fournette, saying that they expected Ronald Jones to share a lot of the work with McCoy, being a change of pace. And
1: yeah, that was five hours ago, blah, right? Blah,
3: blah. What?
1: That was five hours ago. That that came out. Yeah, that
3: that report came out. Yep. Exactly. So, so obviously they believed that that was kind of the mix that they were gonna have. I mean, and, and like I was saying, Dwaqweb being the uh, third down role. So, I think you're gonna see a mix of of Jones and um, and uh, Fournette kind of taking that early role, and I think I think Fournette's the goal on back. So kind of like y'all compared to Blunt, I don't think it's quite the 16 or 18, the Blunt got, But I can see him being a 10 to 12 guy. Uh, to me now, it almost kind of seems like a New England backfield where it's like what you said, you're almost hesitant to see until you see a couple of weeks play out and then you see who's kind of kind of be the fantasy value guy there.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest, I, I see him in the Blunt role, but I don't see – I don't see him scoring 10 touchdowns. I think eight's probably like his max. I mean, he's not going to get all the goal line work. I mean, I think Jones will still be used a little bit, and I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. And I really think that Tom Brady's going to want to throw the ball a lot in the red zone. He wants to put up numbers and prove that his success in New England wasn't just Belichick. I mean, I think he really, and just kind of a narrative, but I think he's trying to, like, torch the earth this year and, and throw up crazy numbers. So I don't know how many opportunities Fournette's going to get at the goal line.
3: Yeah, I can definitely see that being the case, man. Coming out, he's got a point to prove this year, and uh, with the weapons he has over there, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see something similar to
1: that, right? I mean, I think I would trust Brady to throw it up to Evans, Godwin, and Gronk over handing the ball to Fournette on the five yard line. I would, mm-hmm. I would rather put the ball in Brady's hands and let those guys make plays, but that's just me.
4: So, what uh, what other news is in the league today?
0: Jalen Rieger, Eagles, uh, first-round pick, has been injured, um, tried to tackle. Uh, Will Parks, after uh, one of the quarterbacks, I'm not going to say who, threw an inter- interception. It was Carson that, it was Wentz, Wentz was the one that threw <laughs> the interception. <laughs> Son of a bitch, <laughs> um, Yeah, it was Carson Wentz. Um, so he's seeking a second opinion, but right now we're looking like a dislocated shoulder. Three to four weeks, should be back. Small tearing it. Um, it happens. I've had it happen to my left shoulder like twice now. Three times maybe. I don't know. It's not that bad. He'll be fine. Um, I would say that just elevates Deshaun Jackson in the first week against Washington Redskins where I believe he's going to go off. Uh, hopefully injury... Um, Rager's back soon, healthy, and uh, we'll continue to light up camp. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about there. Uh, we got uh, Kamara's holdout. That's another big topic. Um, Sam, you got some stuff on that, man? I know you're a Kamara fan, and you yeah. have him this year.
1: Yeah, I got Kamara in our league, our big league last year, keeping him. So this is obviously huge news. Um, all of the holdout stuff, I mean, it was really just a big public um. A, a, a ploy, a, yeah. a pissing match, if you want to say, between the the player and agent and, and the team. Um, they were both trying to call each other, you know, trying to call each other's bluffs. Um, that's kind of got ironed out. Um, I, I still hear that the they're listening to trade offers, but they want a first round pick. And I just do not see, even as good as Kamara is, I don't see a team giving him a the first round pick and having to pay him. Just doesn't seem reasonable, especially this close to the season um if I had to bet I would say he's probably a 95% chance that he's playing for the Saints week one now I will say the biggest news in the last couple of days that's coming out about him is his back um said he had a he had a epidural shot in his back I don't I'm not a doctor I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty but today they said it's it's in a different spot in his back Than just like the spinal column, which is better news, but still, that's you don't get that right before the season when just because your back's a little sore. It's not a massage. I mean, this is there's something going on there. There's some type of nerve damage or a pinched nerve or something. So that's definitely something to monitor. Um, I haven't moved Kamara up from my RB4. I don't know if y'all have or moved him from y'all's rankings, but to me, this just makes me want to go up and reach a round or two earlier for Latavius. I think that's a must at this point. If you draft Kamara this next weekend, go get Latavius, and I think it'll be okay. Um, another news today is Sanu was released. Not huge news for fantasy-wise. Um, I do think he might end up back in Atlanta, which could kind of shake things up a little bit. I don't think it's going to have a huge impact, but would kind of be a little bit different outlook on that Atlanta team than what we had coming into the year, but not huge news. It is kind of funny that the Patriots traded a second-round pick to the Falcons for Sanu, and then the Falcons flipped that second-round pick to Baltimore for Hayden Hurst, and then Baltimore ends up taking J.K. Dobbins. So, (laughs) in hindsight, not a good trade for New England. I don't think anyone liked giving up a second for Sanu when it happened. I thought that was at least two rounds early for Sanu. I mean, I honestly think he was probably worth like a six-round pick, but hey, everyone makes mistakes, even Bill Belichick, but uh, J.K. Dobbins would look good in a Patriots uniform, but now they have nothing to show for him. So, um, and then some news over the weekend was Yannick finally getting traded, uh, going to the Vikings, and actually taking almost six million dollar pay cut to um, to go. Um, as far as fantasy wise, it's not huge news, but it does hurt Dalvin Cook's contract extension talks. Um, be as soon as it happened, there was with. with how tight the Vikings are up against the cap. There was no way they were going to be able to sign Dalvin to a long-term extension. They talked about outright cutting Riley Reef, their left tackle. He even told teammates goodbye. He thought he was done. They've since restructured his deal, guaranteed a lot more money. They're, so they're trying to get they're trying to get funny with the cap. I don't know exactly what's going on if, if you know if they can make it work. But right when the right when the Yannick trade happened, I thought it killed Cook's contract chances. Now I think they're still a chance it could get done before the season, but that's a huge situation we're going to be watching um, going into the weekend when most of our drafts are going on let's just go ahead and jump right in at Pence with the Vikings and, and Dalvin, I mean um, we know the, the contract uh, extension talks are huge, there's still uh, a chance of them holding out um, I mean, what do you think about those about this, are you concerned about them holding out, I mean, where do you have them ranked are you, have you pushed them down any recently
2: yeah, I had him. I had him ranked up uh, like a couple of weeks ago before all this contract stuff really, really got serious. I had him ranked RB five, like right in front of Derrick Henry. And I think coming into my draft, our draft this last weekend, I think I dropped Cook all the way down to like eight or nine. I'm a safer drafter than most people, I guess. I don't take a lot of chances when it comes to uh, players like holding out. Now is that is that safer throughout the whole draft? Or we, I guess we're talking about a first round player here. So you're talking about
1: safer in the first round? Yeah, it's
2: like safer in the first round, like uh, like these guys that you have to you have to worry about contracts or possible holdouts or somebody you know who's got a lingering injury already coming in. I'm not crazy into like I say that and then I drafted Joe Mixon and then this migraine thing happened, but they ended up that, signing. That them. was that was, was that's, that's been in the works for a while. Yeah, that that's a little different. Um, but yeah, I mean I'm worried. And and I think I showed it in our draft this weekend. I drafted in Madison. Um, I'd not say earlier than normal, but I, I I went into that draft saying I'm gonna get Madison because it is it does worry me. And the the running backs in this offense play like just a massive role. And if Cook does play, I mean he's gonna finish top five if he stays healthy throughout the year. The the volumes there. He's talented. They ha- I mean they they've got a good offensive line. They got uh, good receivers. Good QB. Um, but I, I am excited that I did pick up Madison because if this deal doesn't get done with cook, I, I do think it's possible that cook will sit out the year for not the full year, but I, I have a feeling that it could be possible that he'd sit out kind of like, uh, you know, five to six games trying really trying to get that contract, but Madison's not a slouch of a running back. So, I mean, he could put up some numbers.
1: Yeah. I think Madison, Madison for me is my top handcuff for you know, late round flyer guys. It's not, it's not a starter this year um Madison's my top guy I'm really concerned about just the whole situation with Cook the the contract and the injuries you know are a concern um but like like Penn says if Cook plays he's going to be a stud I mean he's he's in a great system it's a great system for running backs with Kubiak um I will say before we move on to Cousins um if Cook decides to hold out um Mike Boone kind of vaults up into that late round flyer range for me. Um he's will be taking over kind of Madison's backup work. He'll, he'll get some work with, with Madison, but I mean last year Madison went down too, and Boone he didn't play he didn't play good the one week he had. He didn't get any opportunity, but I think he would be good in this offense if he got the the chance. If a contract extension does get worked out before um this weekend, before everyone's drafting, where are y'all comfortable taking Cook?
2: Oh I mean R B five. Every five, right behind Kamara, uh, around the Derrick Henry range. I mean, I'm fine with taking him there. If if the contract does get signed before the weekend in your draft, I mean, he's going to put up numbers. I think the only worry is is the injury, and, and he has fought the injuries. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But the actual talent and the offense he's in, in the scheme that they run with Kubiak, he's going to put up numbers.
0: Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. I right, he'd go right back to my five spot. Yeah, and I
1: honestly if. If there's any more Kamara stuff that comes out and Cooks dust on an extension, I wouldn't be crazy picking him over Kamara at this point. Um,
3: <clears throat> I saw I saw a a report saying he was looking to just focus on week one, and we'll let the contract kind of play out. I I think what did Cook finish? I, I think it was like two. And I think it was top three last year in bags. Uh, these guys said five. I, I I'd be willing to take him at five if I was there at three. Uh, I'd maybe even take him at three. You know, if he's there in the first round, I wouldn't hesitate to grab him for
1: sure. Let's just go ahead and move on over to Kirk Cousins. He had a, made a pretty controversial statement the other day. We won't get into it. But, um, Gary, I mean, what do you, what do you, um, what do you think like about, about his, his
4: outlook this year? If I die, I die. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, Kirk Cousins has, <laughs> uh, Kirk Cousins has always been a fan favorite for me. I, I, I do, I really do like Kirk Cousins and, you know, going back and looking at the the record, last year was his only year to finish out of the top 12 in fantasy. It's kind of crazy. I mean, he was averaging 20.6 points before last year. I'm not big on him. Um, he lost Stephon Diggs, but he got a really, really, really good replacement in Justin Jefferson. Still got Adam Thielen. He's got Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph, and if Dalvin Cook doesn't hold out, he's still got him. It's just a weird time, I mean, for him, because it, I, wouldn't, I would not draft him in a 10-man league. I wouldn't. 12 man probably.
1: I will right, well, I it's concerned me how much I mean they ran the ball like third most last year they were bottom 5 in passing attempts. He was efficient um but that the 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 volume the volume scares me and this is I mean I know you say they didn't have Thielen, um but they still they're still going to want to run the ball first. I do agree that they probably won't be able to run the ball as much, but the volume is a little bit of a concern for me. That's why I have him a little lower. But, um, he, I mean, I, I think he is a good NFL quarterback. I think yeah. his, his accuracy is really good. He's they paid him on like a good one. Yep. Well, yeah, they they definitely stretch out there and suck their neck out for him. But he has a great rapport with Thielen. So, um, if he can get that with, with Justin Jefferson they throw the ball around a little
4: bit more, I think he could sneak into that top 15 range. I, I I'm really excited to watch him this year. And uh speaking of all the weapons he's got, Pence, how do you feel who like, how do you feel who do you feel is their number one receiver out there right now?
2: I mean, at the <clears throat> with the Vikings, I mean it is Stealin. I mean no matter how far down I am on him, the Dylan's talented. The injuries just worry me and the age, but I mean I, I am high on Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's super talented. He tested way Way better than most people thought he was going to test, and I mean he can, he can hop in there and make a make a scene pretty quick if you know once he gets in the offense and him and uh you know cousins get on the same the same page. But I mean, Thielan's the number one. Yeah, he
1: he definitely is. I think people forget how good he was in 2018 before he battled through injury last year, um, and he was good before he got injured, and then he came back at the end of last year, um, and. Played great down the stretch and into the playoffs, so I'm I'm back all in with Thielen. I had him in a bunch of leagues last year, so I I, I get how bad he hurt everyone last year, but I still I think he's going to handle the majority of the of the passing volume in that offense. I think he's a lock for 135 targets. Um, he's my wide receiver nine this year, uh, and I I don't know. I just think he's a very high floor with and also offers a pretty high ceiling. I mean, you, you lose digs and you bring in a rookie, there's a chance that he could pick up even a few more targets, um, especially if they struggle to run the ball a little bit more than they did last year. So I'm all in on Thielen. Um, it's actually weird that they – a lot of reports come out of the camp that B.C. Johnson's their number two receiver going into the year. Um, I would believe the reports um, that he's – you know, that he is working as their number two right now, but you don't draft Justin Jefferson in the first round and not use him. Um they're going to get Justin Jefferson involved early. You know, it's been a, a weird offseason. I'm sure they've had a little bit more difficulty getting him involved in that offense, but J- uh, Justin Jefferson's definitely the other guy to own here. I actually think he may be the most consistent rookie wide receiver week in, week out. I really like what he can do. Um, he, he'll be handling the slot duties, and and they'll, they'll move all these guys around, but uh, for me, Justin Jefferson's a great kind of a dart throw in that mid. 40s range at wide receiver you get in that 11th 12th round of your draft he's one of those guys that I'm I'm definitely targeting as far as the tight ends on this team they're going to be heavily involved they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel uh last year was Irv Smith's rookie season and he had a pretty good campaign last year so Elise, what do you think about the tight ends in this offense
0: yeah <clears throat> I would definitely keep an eye on Irv Smith I don't I don't think uh, a lot of people in your drafts are going to be drafting really high, so definitely someone you want to keep in mind later in the rounds. I definitely wouldn't take him as a tight end number one, but if you have you know, 10, 12-man leagues or, or definitely deeper that are taking two tight ends, someone to keep an eye on just seeing who goes. Um, I don't think he was drafted in our league, and I don't think he'll be drafted in much. But
1: I would say in most 10-team leagues he's probably going undrafted. For me, he's yeah. probably just one of those guys that – at the tight end position, he's probably in my top three as far as waiver wire guys I'm going to keep a close eye on going into the season just watching for his upside. I mean, I actually saw a report early in the season that – early in the off season, that they they might even try to, like, line him up outside and, and move him around a little bit, try to get him involved. So
0: And, and we if we do dial Kirk Cousins' season – I mean, career-backed, he loved Jordan Reed. I'm not saying Irv Smith is a Jordan Reed, but he's got some talent.
1: He's very talented. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, if Kirk does start throwing at the tight ends, I could see – Irv jumping up there. I'm not going to be touching Kyle Rudolph. I mean, I don't think many people are. Um, I definitely think that's just Irv's job to take over. Uh, with that being said, they are both there right now. Um, the Vikings did throw to the Titans 105 times last year. It's like 20th in the league, so not great.
2: Yeah, in 12 team leagues, I mean, I think he should get drafted for sure. He, I mean, yeah, in 12 team. He should, yeah, yeah, he should get drafted. And, and like Sam said, and not Sam, like Tyler said, he, he was good. He you know him and Jordan Reed put up some numbers. I mean, he put up some numbers with Kyle Rudolph. I mean, Irv Smith's talented. I mean, Rudolph's getting a year older, and he's battled some injuries the last couple of years. I mean, they'll use him. I mean, Irv Smith's not a slouch, and he was putting up a little bit of numbers towards the end of the year, and like Sam said, he should be a guy that you're watching waiver wires after the first week. Because if you get on there and he takes over, you know, 70 to 85% of the snaps. You want him.
1: Yeah, not even. I mean, I don't even think it's that much. I just yeah. I just want wanted to see how he's being used. I mean, Kubiak's got pretty creative in the past and getting his – tight ends involved he likes to use a lot of play action and stuff and um you know with Thielen as your deep threat with Justin Jefferson kind of running these routes from the backside, coming across the middle and then having Irv Smith slip out in the flat I mean that's a pretty good option for for Cousins um Owen Daniels was great for Kubiak back in his Houston days I could see Irv playing a similar role that's a fun tie back yeah, that's uh, Owen Daniels was a nice fantasy player for a lot of years. So the, it's just the only thing that's you know limits Irv's upside is the fact that Rudolph is still there, he's still gonna get involved. They he's on a pretty hefty contract, which unfortunately they're not gonna just not use him, and he's still gonna catch five touchdown passes at the end of the year. Just yeah, what's gonna he, happen unless he gets hurt. So yes, if he's, I don't know exactly how big Irv's upside is with Rudolph in that offense. Obviously, if if Rudolph gets hurt, I'm jumping all over Irv Smith, and I'm still – if he gets five targets week one and I see the way they use him and I like it, he's probably going to be pretty high on my waiver wire edition week one.
0: Yeah, this year overall is going to be fun for the waiver wire, but there's yep. so many players just, just doing all, all different types of things. Um, let's jump into Green Bay, being led by Matt LaFleur for his second season. Uh, should only ascend, I would assume. Um, they did add Devin Fungus in the offseason, but he opted out, was one of the first guys. They added A.J. Dillon in uh, in the draft, and they lost Jimmy Graham. So, overall, they didn't really help Aaron Rodgers a whole lot. Um, the wide receivers after Adams have, have, potential, have potential, but they're no surefires just yet. We'll let the guys get into them. Um, and the backfield is led by Jones, which is quite crowded. Uh, but bouncing on back to A-Rod, I did a mock draft recently. Got him in the 14th round as my only quarterback. I would be fine with that. If you take some qu- pretty quality players in those first 13 rounds, I'd be fine with A-Rod in, my, in the 14th as my number one quarterback. Um, Roy, I know you've done a little bit of bones on uh, on on Rodgers. What do you got on him?
3: Yeah, uh, kind of like you're saying, man, he's going a lot later in drafts this year more than I think any of us are probably used to. So uh, it, it's been a little bit of a change. But, you know, he finished QB9 last year there was just some weeks where his war was a lot lower than it's been in any recent years. For me, uh, looking at, and at least in our league scoring, you know, 22 has kind of been a good, solid number you'd expect from QBs. He was throwing up numbers just a few weeks, you know, uh, week one, 12, 14, 13, 9, 18. That's just the first six weeks. You know, he had a huge week or a couple of huge weeks, but other than that, man, he really wasn't throwing up anything that good last year. Uh, His TD to interception ratio was great. It was 25 to two, something like that. Something crazy, but it just doesn't seem, I don't want to say it's him more as it is the talent around him. You know, he doesn't quite have the receiving core that he's had in the past. Uh, Devontae Adams is one of the top receivers in the leagues without a doubt. And then, once you get past that, man, it gets pretty slim for him. I think that had a big toll on him. So, for me, I wouldn't go chasing Aaron Rodgers for the name. I would definitely sit back and uh, if he comes to you, he comes to you. And, you know, you think he's Aaron Rodgers, he's gonna bounce back for a better season. Then great. But uh, I mean, offensively they put up, they were top ten in touchdowns. But how many of those were running? Yeah, been, uh, I didn't think Aaron Jones had a nineteen touchdown season last year. So they leaned more toward the run last year. They were 13th in the past, which they were 15th. And I think that may have been one of the first times that they have done that. And I-, I don't know what year. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Usually, I remember I had Eddie Lacy all the years and they'd get on the two and Rodgers would throw a damn Back shoulder fade Pissed me off. So, fat lacy. I forgot uh, about Fat lacy. Yeah, pissed me off, man. So I think with him, man, um, I'd be cautious. I-, I could see him putting up numbers around 25 touchdowns again, max 30, but I could see him around the 25 range with a low interception rate. But, uh, you know, it's, you didn't get a whole lot of them out of the, the run game last year. And I wouldn't expect much more. You know, I, I mean, Rogers could bounce back. I just, I'm not gonna go chasing them. I think there are some better fantasy options out there. But uh, kind of swinging it over, Pinks, I got a two-part question, man. Does the the lack of talent around Rodgers affect the offense? And if so, how much do they lean on Aaron Jones because of it?
2: I'll answer the lack of talent around Rodgers is. I don't think it's a As big of an issue as people are making it out to be, just because I I really think the receiving core—it's not just like outright amazing—but I think people really forget about Scantling. But I'll let—we're gonna get more into that in a minute. I I really don't think it's that bad. I mean, he has a great offensive line. Aaron uh, Rodgers—he got into the new offense last year, and like you said, he was up and down. The, the offense was just super inconsistent, but their defense played pretty well last year and their defense has gotten a, a lot better. So they don't have to throw the ball, you know, 40 times to, to win games anymore. So, but coming to your second part about leaning on Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones was like the offense last year. I mean, you, like you said, he had 19 touchdowns uh, a bunch of receiving. He rushed a bunch. I mean, he was just a, like a red zone monster and he was super efficient. He wasn't as efficient as the year he was before, but I mean, the guy is super talented, explosive. I get to keep him. I kept him in our league uh, for like a 14th round this year. I drafted him a couple years back, even on the suspension. Uh, I believe in his talent and I'd love to see him get the same amount of volume that he did last year but I do see his volume going down a little bit. Do you think
0: that
3: continuity of LaFleur getting the second year under him is going to help that out some? Yeah,
2: I I just think with the relationship and, and really figuring out what kind of offense they want to be. And, and Aaron Jones, and he's he's the guy there. I mean, I believe that. I mean, they drafted um, A.J. Dillon. Uh, they still have Jamal Williams on the team. Jamal really didn't hurt Aaron Jones' value last year like people were, were thinking. Uh, he kind of took over that role. Um, Jamal's still probably going to see some, I mean, he's a great run blocker. That was one of the, their favorite things about him and he, he will get carries, but them drafting Dylan here scares me a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, he, he's a big back man and, and he can punch punch it in the red zone, but I just don't see them just taking the ball out of Aaron Jones' hand. Just because they drafted a guy, you know what I mean. You're not gonna take your best player off the field. I mean, uh, that's just how I feel about that situation when it comes to the running backs. I know Sam. Sam, you have some stuff that you'd like to talk about on Dylan. Yeah, I, I don't.
1: I mean, I don't think he's gonna be fantasy relevant, but I still. I mean, last year, uh, Jamal Williams still got a fair number of carries. He's still gonna. Lafleur wants to use two running backs. He's not gonna just give Jones. 20 carries and five targets a game. That's not what they did last year. It's not what they're going to do this year. But uh, it's worth noting that Aaron Jones' contract's up at the end of this year, but Jamal Williams' contract is also up. So I honestly think if, if they can re-sign Jones, I think they see Jones as their 1A, and then they'd like to have Dylan as their 1B going forward. I think Dylan's draft has more to do with them, just wanting to run the ball maybe even more than they did last year and to be a replacement to Jamal. Um, preferably, but if they lose Aaron Jones this off season, then they'll have a guy that they can count on. Let's just go ahead and hop on over to the receivers. I mean, obviously, Devonta Adams is is who you know is the main guy there. I mean, he, he's he's going to get ten targets per game. He's probably him and Mike Thomas are the two best bets to lead the league in targets. I honestly think if he stays healthy this year, that he will outscore Michael Thomas this year. I think he's going to put up just a monster number when they get in the red zone. They throw the ball. Rodgers is looking at Adams. Oh. They have a special connection. Rodgers is an animal in the red zone and It's
2: that Romo Dez back shoulder throw it they, up in the end zone. They do whatever they want I mean, in the they red do zone. anything in there. Yeah. So, they're I mean, amazing.
1: He's going to he's going to score a ton of touchdowns. Uh, I mean, do you like scantling?
2: Um Pence, do you think he has any any value? I just uh, I'm seeing all these um uh, riders and drafts and people taking Lazard over Scantling. I mean, Lazard showed a connection last year, but, I mean, people were hurt. I mean, that wide receiver, I mean, Scantley was hurt. Adams was hurt. He kind of came back. Lazard still had a role. But, I mean, people forget that Scantling like, had a role the year before, before he got hurt. I mean, he kind of blew up for a little bit. I mean, he he was viable in fantasy. I mean, he is a a talented guy. Uh, I just don't see why people were wanting to jump on the Lazard train over Scantley. I mean, Scantley's not even getting talked about getting drafted at all. And the year before, and like I said, the year before, he actually had value, and then last year he got hurt, and then he when he came back, it really wasn't that great. So people were just kind of like falling off the wagon, but I mean, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on him, truly. I mean, I, I mean, not that I don't think Lazard could, couldn't have value, but I just don't see the huge reason why he's going undrafted and Lazard's getting drafted. I mean, I can
1: agree with you, Pence, in the fact that scantling was the guy that we were talking about this time last year is that number two option Uh, him and geronimo allison yeah but um geronimo and geronimo um but lazard (laughs) i mean lazard for me is is their number two i mean he he was their number two down the stretch Uh, i've heard that this coaching staff does not like scantling as far as a route runner what he's his work ethic stuff like that lazard is a been a huge favorite of Rodgers. I mean, he had him over for Thanksgiving last year. Just some that type of talk. And that, that I think that's where the Lazard hype's coming from. I like him to be their number two there. But I do agree with you that maybe we, we should be paying more attention to scaling. I just think overall there's not enough passing attempts in this offense to make either of these two guys relevant right, week in, right. week out, in a 10 or 12 team. We lead. can
2: agree on that for sure.
1: I mean, as far as upside in this passing game, I, I think it may lie – with the tight end position. I mean, Garrett, we watched a lot of Sternberger in his one year at A&M. Um, I mean, didn't really play at all last year as a rookie, but do you think he can come in his second year and make a jump, help this team?
4: I think so. Kind of flowing into your, you know, Scantling and Lazard not being... There's not a clear number two there. And Jace, we, we, we did watch Jace, personally. And if you remember anything about his South Carolina game, going smooth off.
1: He went off every game. He was yeah. a monster.
4: I mean, he's just crazy. So... I don't think he makes it on anybody's draft board, Um, at least this season. I think he's still pretty low down there. Some facts for him, as Sam said, he didn't really play last season. Um, He wasn't targeted during the regular season at all. And then um, in the postseason, he caught three of three and with one touchdown. I mean, that's still pretty good. Some facts, though, about Aaron Rodgers is that I, I did read that and Aaron Rodgers' is 12 years of being a starter, he's only targeted the tight end 80-plus times in three seasons. Yeah, he just – he does not use that. No. What? And it, it,
0: that does, is crazy. Yeah, it's he does
4: not. He's had
1: – and he it's not because of just like, you know, he doesn't have any talent there. I mean, he's had – some crazy. Jimmy Graham, had, Jimmy Graham Martellus Bennett. The Jimmy Graham was done – Martellus was done by the time they got there. Yeah, but, well. I mean, going way back in the day, we have um, – Oh, God, no. Jermichael Finley. Jermichael Finley. Um, We've had um That's Jared, Jared Kirk, Kirk, Cook Cook oh, no, came yeah. there Rogers, recently. Dick
3: Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. I mean I mean Richard Rogers.
0: Oh Richard R we're, R we're not
1: we're not gonna talk Rolls about Dick Royce.
4: <laughs> But it just there like like you were saying, Gary. There's I mean the in fantasy wise, I wouldn't be targeting Sternberger at in your draft, in anybody's draft, any any size whatever 16 man I mean yeah no, I, not yeah. even a 16 man man I, I think well maybe second maybe like a second time in the 16 course. It, it has be, league. Has to be super deep But yeah. yeah I but he's not he's not a guy to just take your eyes off of he he's one of those guys that he could go out there and make a connection with Rodgers Roger, and be the number 2 receiving option out there I think he's got he's got really good hands he's got really good feet he can get up he can get elevated he's just a baller So you put him and DeVonte Adams on the same team and you allow them to both get Say he does throw it to Jace 80 times. I mean, it,
0: there's no telling what his ceiling is
4: if he gets thrown to 80 times. Right. So.
0: And we'll go and jump on into the Detroit Lions. Uh, didn't make any crazy offseason moves, but they did add DeAndre Swift in the draft. A big move there with on Johnson. That's a that's a good backfield, honestly. I, I like both of those guys as talented backs. Um, let's just jump on into it. Let's go into the running back, spins What you got? Before
2: uh, I'll just add to you, um, they did sign Decker, they extended him yep. recently. Their left, left tackle, tackles, so just they're pretty excited be, about yeah. that. They just got a good deal on that, uh, and it really wasn't over an overpay or anything. You know, Decker's not like a, you know, he he's a top probably eight left tackle. I mean, he's a good good player. Going into the running backs, I I, I like Swift, man. I mean, we talked about it. I, I Sam, that's Sam's favorite running back. You said out, out of the yeah. draft this year, as far as just
1: you know, it's just a pure running back. Um, he has everything I look for in a back. He can catch the ball. He is um he's explosive. He can hit home runs. But his lateral agility and his contact balance are both really special. He just the next Georgia running back out of that freaking factory they have over there that's gonna be a stud in the NFL.
2: Yeah. My my favorite was uh Dobbins. I, I just I loved his game. But uh yeah, Swift, Swift's a super talented guy. Um the balance i mean that that was one of the big things that i noticed watching him at georgia it, it, i mean his jump cuts and being able to stay on balance i i'm trying to think who would be like his the best um comparison in a, the league he has his jump cuts are a little lola shaw McCoy like it it is it is i can see it shady that he in has his the, early career was that
1: dead leg jump cut that's just it leaves people in the dust.
2: Yeah, and he can, and he's more explosive than McCoy is out of the cuts. Of the cut. You know, he I mean, he can just go. And like I said, his balance is great. Um, the unfortunate, they still have Carryon Johnson, and Carryon Johnson is the starter. I mean, and Garrett loves him that, that's not unfortunate
4: at all. <laughs> it is unfortunate. He Kerryon, plays. He plays, I love he plays Smash Mouth football, man. I love Carryon. The bad part is I love DeAndre Swift too. So it's one of those things that it just says toss the ball up, see who can run it better. And and I and sadly, I think Kirion's going to be without a job this season. Kirion just
2: it, it, he's just not going to stay healthy. No. I mean, he just he's
1: constantly. He, a, he constantly. didn't have a he does not have a knee brace on. He has a leg brace that he has to use. So it's,
2: yeah, it's it's not, it's it won't be long before Swift takes over that backfield. But really, getting into the backfield, it's they haven't had a prominent fantasy running back out of there that I can remember in a long time, that offense just doesn't uh, prioritize running backs. I mean... Barry
4: Sanders. <laughs> no, i no. But, like, <laughs> the, Theo Riddick had, had... They had
1: Reggie, yeah. Reggie Bush put up the 1,000-yard season. Yeah, but that but was... But they have not had anyone, like, over the whole year put up a decent yeah, season. Yeah, for
2: anymore. fantasy, it's just not there. I mean, Theo Riddick, for a little bit of time when he was there, um, they throw to, to the backs a pretty decent amount, but they just had so many backs there that were just there, you know? So I'm I'm interested to see how they um how they use him this year. I like I said I don't think on stays the starter. Swift, Swift will probably be the starter um pretty early in the season and then I'd love to see what they're going to do with it cuz Swift's probably the most talented back they've had there in a ro- really long time. But I mean do you, when when you say Swift takes over, I mean you think they're just Benching carry-on, or do you think Carryon is still going to be plenty involved? I, I think it's the injury, though. I I, I, yeah. I I don't I don't think I really don't think Arion can stay healthy. But yeah. I mean, even if he doesn't stay healthy and he doesn't look good, I mean, Carryon will get a couple carries if he if it's not hurt. But I think Swift just overall takes over that backfield. Yeah. And I'm, it's just I'm not excited about the Lions running backs yeah. in general.
1: And I I mean I I love Swift. I hate this landing spot. I mean I, I was and I'm still. I think I haven't like running back twenty seven, so I'm I'm still targeting him. I think the talent one's out, but I do think Patricia. I mean, he comes from that Belichick coaching tree, and he finally has some talent at running back. I mean, I I think he wants to have a a a, a committee approach here.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it would it would tie into that. It would make sense because I mean, Patricia's a defensive guy. Um, defenses love uh, offenses, their own offense to be able to take time off the clock to. Right. Give rest and, and, and keep everybody fresh. So I mean, yeah, that's a possibility. And if that is the case, then Swift's an interesting an interesting guy to look at. I just don't know how comfortable I feel drafting him like in like the sixth or seventh round. He would have to fall around that um you know, that probably probably that 8th round is when yeah. I would start looking at him.
1: But I mean, he, he has missed like a, a week of practice or a little over a week of practice now with a another thing that's frustrating with Detroit is they don't Tell you anything about injuries, another Belichick thing. They're calling it a lower leg injury or lower half injury. They think it's a hamstring, but he's back at practice. Uh, it's kind of pushed Swift's ADP into that eighth round, which makes me want to buy him even more because I, I don't want, I don't care if he starts week one. I want him over the second half yeah, of the season. Yeah, you're
2: playing for the second half of the season. Right. If you're drafting uh, Swift, there, there's no doubt about that. But um, get, getting a little away from the, the running backs and kind of getting to where the the Detroit gets interesting in fantasy. What, what do you think about Stafford this year? He just always seems to, to sit around that like, top ten, top twelve fantasy guys because they they do sling it. It's just, I mean, how do you feel?
1: I mean, yeah, you you kind of stole the words out of my mouth. He's to me, he's almost like that. He's kind of like that Jarvis Landry, Julian Edelman type player where you know you may not love his outlet going into the season, but at the end of the year, he's. Look up, and he's Matt there. Stafford's he's top there. 14, yeah, he's top 12. If you just waited to the 13th round of your draft and picked him, you'd have been fine at quarterback. So he's he's in that range again for me. Um, he was actually QB4 over the first eight games last year before he got injured under uh, Daryl Be- uh, Bevel's offense. So there is upside here with Stafford this year. He does finally have some good receivers around him with you know Galladay, obviously, being their number one, Marvin Jones being a solid second, and then. You know, we'll see what they can get out of Hawkinson this year. But I like his weapons. Uh, I do think they want to run the ball a little bit more than they did last year. But overall, I mean, I think he's a great pick out of that top ten of quarterbacks. I like him in that probably like 11 to 13, 14 range. I think he's a great – if you wait on quarterbacks, he's one of my favorite targets. Um, And if you don't, he's he's a great backup. Like. Him in a Joe Burrow or uh Drew Locke or Roethlisberger combo at quarterback. If you wait late, it's perfect for me. So that's, that's kind of my plan with, uh, with Stafford this year, Rory, let's, let's talk about these receivers and this weapons for, for Stafford. Um, obviously Gallaudet finally had the, the big breakout year that everyone's been waiting for. Um, where do you have him ranked to start this year? Um, and, and what do you think his potential is in this offense?
3: Well, Kind of just going off what you said too, man. I think it's the receiving options that have kind of made Matt Stafford one of those kind of top fantasy backups uh, in the last recent years. Yeah, I've always gotten him. He's always there late, like you said. He always is a top ten to twelve guy somehow, but he does it. Uh, I, I think Galladay. I, I got him around ten. I, I think he he finished nine last year. Uh, I think. You could potentially see a slight touchdown regression from 11. That was his career high. Uh, and I think you might, I think you might see him anywhere from the eight to 10 range. Uh, but I, I think he can still finish as a top 10 guy. Now Marvin, Marvin ended up at the let me check my notes. I think he was where did he end up? I can't even remember where the hell he ended up. But anyways, I got Marvin He was he was probably right. He was
1: he was he was uh as far as a points per game basis, he was wide receiver fourteen. I thought Marvin Jones was last year with Stafford yeah. uh, in the lineup those first eight games. So uh, he's
3: well, he missed he missed three games, I believe. I think he played thirteen and he missed three. So uh, I mean obviously that obviously that plays the, obviously that's gonna play a role in uh, his finish, but I, I got Marvin being a top twenty-five guy. Maybe y'all guys are a little bit higher on him than me. He, he finished twenty-eight. He finished twenty-eight. Um, but I got him. I got him as a as a top twenty-five guy. I know his potential could be top fifteen, but I just like you said. I, I think you may see them run a little bit more. And uh, I'm not gonna put all my eggs in a the basket there, with Marvin. But I do like both of them. But uh, touching on Galladay, man, uh, like I said, he, he had a career high in touchdowns last year, uh, back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. I know you guys have probably seen the talk about him getting that extension as uh, well-deserved. But uh, I want to talk about something here now. With, with all these guys healthy, last year there was 12 games where Galladay, Marvin Jones, and then Madola were healthy. All right. The target share was 86 for Jones. 85 for Galladay, 78 for Amendola. So I think you could see a breakdown, something like that again. But to me, Galladay is the no doubt number one receiver there. And whenever you're looking at receivers, I think with Galladay, you have a guy that has the highest floor and probably the consistent highest ceiling there.
4: Well, my thing is, Galladay is 100% their number one receiver. He's the best wide receiver on that team. Is that, is that, no, it's not, not a chance? No, just, yeah, no, yeah. Continue. I mean, yeah, he's a hundred percent. They're number yes. one. Like I just close. don't think he gets more targets than Marvin Jones. I think Marvin Jones pretty much stays open when he's on the field and which causes Matthew Stafford to throw him the ball more. But Galladay, when you get the ball in his hands is a better receiver the, than
1: Marvin. Jones. I mean, the problem is a Marvin Jones has not proven he can play anywhere close to 16 games over his whole career. He's been very injury prone. Second of all, I mean, I don't really care about the. Tar- I don't care about Galladay getting 150 targets. It's he doesn't the need it. Bro. He's g- yeah. If he gets 115, the looks he's going to get are are fantasy gold. It's it's deep balls down the field. It's Stafford taking chances with him, throwing it up. It's jump balls. It's jump balls. And Galladay, go- Galladay goes and gets it, and the touchdown. I mean, we saw it last year. He's been a touchdown machine since he's been league.
2: Dude, you could he could score 15 touchdowns this year. I mean, like
1: he's one of the guys that is in that discussion as far as who can lead the league in receiving touchdowns this yeah. year. And so, he
0: can still get the most targets out of those two, in my opinion. I, yeah, I, I think he, he does. Yeah. He will. At
1: the end of the year, Gall- if you know, you look up, Galladay's going to get the most targets. But I do I do think it's worth noting, Garrett, that Marvin Jones probably sees a lot closer to the number of targets than Galladay, than, than more people would expect. I, I think it's a lot closer than people realize. But, um, I mean, Galladay obviously, obviously is, is the guy to own. He's getting picked pretty early this year, which is – I mean, he's getting picked like he's wide, receiver wide receiver six seven. and he's seven. Wide receiver seven I mean, he's, for me. he's he's up there. I'm at wide receiver eight, but I mean, it's not far off. But I, I've seen people go up and, and reach for him a little earlier than I would like in drafts.
3: Well, I think one thing you guys are talking about, speaking on it, I mean, God, they did out target Jones the past two seasons. Now Jones been ten games the past two seasons, but God, they did out target him. Uh, I see a lot of people taking him around the area. You're talking about Sam around that eight area, but I mean. When you look at wide receivers, he finished top ten. He is a he is a top ten receiving option that you got to go get in PPR.
0: If I I'm I'm a, a Galladay fan too, major fan. My my only objection, I think he will hit the ten to fifteen in that range of touchdowns. But my only objection would be the tight end though. T.J. Hawkinson. Um, while Hawkinson didn't have an amazing year last year, he did start off extremely well. He was electric. Um, the rest of the season he was very subpar. Um, but, I mean, it is his second season. Titans don't really blossom very early in the league all the time. It does take them two to three years. So I do believe that Hawkinson takes a step forward this year. Um, does take some of those red zone targets uh, and overall targets in general. Um, I mean, are you guys high on TJ Hawkinson?
3: I'll tell you what, Solis. Uh, I was pretty big on Hawkinson when he came out of the draft. Um, I know me and Pete kind of were talking about it earlier. You know, kind of reminds us of a young George Kittle. Uh, but I mean, that's kind of I think we both probably saw the same thing when we saw his film at, at Iowa. If you watch him, you know, great blocker. Uh, he did a lot of the blocking while Noah Fant was more of the receiving option there when they were there together. But he also got his job done over the middle. I think you're gonna see him. Turn out, you know, he he like you said, so at least he had the dud after the he started out the season high in game one and dud it out. Uh the the tough part is they like to run a lot of three receiver sets, but he should be the guy there. I think you're gonna see him bounce up. Uh redraft leagues, it's tough to go out there and chase. But I think in dynasty leagues, I grabbed him and let him go stupidly, but I think in dynasty leagues, you're gonna really see that guy blossom in this in this next year coming up.
0: Yeah, I feel that. Cool. Let's go on and jump on into the Bears. Um, <clears throat> overall, I'm I'm not a big fan of their offense. There are a couple of players that I absolutely want on my team if they're there when I when I have the pick. Um, but overall, I'm not a major fan. Let's just start off with the quarterback situation. It's it's still a battle. I'm not sure how. <laughs> um, it's Nick Foles versus Mitch Trubisky, and that's a nice name for him.
1: Blind leading the blind there, my goodness
0: I mean, I'm just going to go on a minor tangent All the Eagles fans out there that wanted Nick Foles over Wentz I mean, (laughs) he's having a battle with fucking Mitch Trubisky (laughs) I don't want to hear a single word more ever in your life um, I, I, I don't think they're neither one of them are fantasy relevant. They might be. Wentz
2: also got uh, their number one draft pick hurt in practice.
0: <laughs> so I don't think Falls would have done that. No, our number one draft pick was showing his effort on a play and try to make a tackle. That's just him just trying to show up yeah. all his own. On an interception from Wentz. <laughs> it happens. I mean, he like so that that really- was perfect this whole offseason. I don't know about perfect. So, at
3: least do the Eagles practice in their parking lot on the concrete? <laughs> <because> they <laughs> get hurt every day. Somebody gets hey, hurt.
0: They do get hurt, but next man up mentality get the fuck out if you don't know what it's about. Fantasy relevance wise, Nick Foles, Mitchell Bisky, not even. Now, they do impact some of the team, though. Like, personally, I think that, that, they, that if Nick Foles is the quarterback, it helps out the receivers and the running backs and the tight ends, all 12 of them. Um, I'm just not a big fan. <laughs> I'm just not a big fan on the quarterback situation there. Um, another interesting point i don't really like you i don't really like the running backs either but let's on to the running backs montgomery's a starter did get hurt recently they got tariq cohen cordell patterson what do we got i'm gonna just
2: mention something real small on the quarterback situation i think trubisky is maybe possibly one of the worst quarterbacks i've ever watched play <laughs> uh and i think this is all just a ploy by the bears trying to with covid going on everybody's trying to get a taste of what's happening i'm like ninety nine percent sure, Falls is going to win this job. But I mean, what what's the ploy? What's their goal? I, I mean, it. I, I really don't know what. But I mean, it's just a mind game. I mean, that's what everybody is. It's the the no numbers on the jerseys. It's the yeah. Who who am I going to start? Well, well, if the teams are like, well, I don't have to worry if they're going to start at Trubisky. I mean, I just yeah. don't even have to scheme anything about it. But I mean, I, I will say that uh, the
1: beat writers are saying that they both look pretty bad at practice. <laughs> <laughs> they reasons. are both pretty bad, the
2: <laughs> 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 bears. Yeah, so, I mean that's just the, but like, like I'll get I'll get into the the running backs. Uh, Montgomery last year rookie, uh, Sam was kind of high on, on him coming into the draft. I think it was one of the guys that he um he kind of was like, man, I really wish I wouldn't uh, uh really dove into that.
1: Yeah, I'll I mean, I'm going <laughs> to give you some context. I was super high on Montgomery last year. I saw a little bit larger opportunity than he got, but I, I he still got a, a good opportunity. He got plenty of touches and stuff. <laughs> he did. It he just, just. I, th- I thought their line was way better. It was. It's awful. Um, Nagy is very frustrating to watch. Uh, he does a lot of weird shit in the red zone, um, like not giving the, the running back the ball. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was reaching in the early third rounds to get Montgomery. um, and some draft. I, I got him in. I think every single draft him and OJ Howard, um, and they just completely screwed me all year so, Yeah, I I he he pissed me off.
2: He was yeah. So and I mean Montgomery, he uh they already announced the injury. So the Bears running back room is just strange, man. You got Tariq Cohen uh, who's interesting? You know, he can carry the ball, but it's not—he's not a guy you want to hand the ball more than like uh, what, six, eight times. I mean, yeah, max. 10, 10 is max to me. I don't—he don't, can't handle ten. Over <sighs> I don't think a year. he can either. But I mean, ten would be max. He's what five, two, one, twenty, uh, something. I mean, he is dynamic when it comes to the, the ball in his hand. He—he's he, so hard to tackle, um, and Nagy's pretty creative, so they'll find w- ways to get him the ball out in the open with with the running back situation but there's reports going around that that cordell patterson uh is getting is in the running back room right now and he got carries last year and they used him in this uh in shotgun and they used him in a couple different situations uh, a lot of like goal line and like like third and fourth and inches
1: a couple of times yeah. they lined up Patterson back there by himself and and just ran him him into the center. Yeah, yeah, just like
2: running straight downhill, like just a big guy. So I'm really interested to see um, how they're going to play this out, especially with Montgomery going down. The the running back room is a disaster. I mean a disaster. I I have absolutely uh, nothing good to say. And even when Montgomery comes back, I think the upside of that, if he does come back healthy, um, he is going to get volume. And if his efficiency does go up, he does get enough carries. In that, you know, if say I think it said four to six weeks, it, it's it's two to four. Um, it's two to four. Okay, yeah,
1: they're, they're 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 thinking he's gonna miss the first game, probably probably two games. Okay,
2: well, I mean, he misses the first two games. If his efficiency goes up, the volume is there because they do like to run the ball, and if their offensive line does improve, I mean, uh, Montgomery could be a, a you know a flex. I'm not going to give him RB2 because I just don't see his efficiency going up that far. But he could be a flex play later, you know, when he does come back healthy. He's a he's a touchdown-dependent flex
1: or, yeah. you know, RB2, RB3 when, when you have to later in the season. But, I mean, I will say before he got hurt, I, I actually think he was kind of a value this year where he was going. I mean, he's getting picked in, like, the seventh round, and, I mean, he's, he's going to get – 16, 17 carries a game And, and a couple of receptions mm-hmm. I mean he's gonna get that there's, They have no one else there Yeah
2: there's no doubt And uh, I mean That's that's why he is interesting To to think about And and like you said At that value It's fine But I mean, Yeah you got a draft
1: Come up this weekend Where, where are you comfortable Taking Montgomery 10 team league Ninth round?
2: Me personally, probably nine. nine. That's, that's probably where yeah. I would
1: take him. Just because I, I mean, after after guys like J.K. and Swift are off the board, oh, the yeah, higher yeah, upside guys. Yeah, yeah,
2: I'm gonna take the higher upside guys on that. Even with Montgomery's volume, I just don't see this offense being that good. Right. <laughs> Even like I said, the efficiency. I, I mean, Montgomery could have another year under four yards of carry average because that offense they didn't do anything.
1: They they've done they've changed <laughs> nothing. The only hope is that. Folds does take over, and they they do kind of pick up some steam, and he does lead them a little bit. You know, he's a little bit more efficient offense, but the the offensive line is still garbage, um, and they just don't have you know a ton of weapons. But let let's go ahead and talk about the biggest weapon they have here and the main fantasy attraction to this team, and, and Allen Robinson, Rory. Uh, he had a, another good year last year. He saw over 150 targets. Uh, do you think he repeats that volume this year?
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was the highest of his career. And I do believe that you're well, what they got. Let's be real, man. What do they got over there? They gotta throw his ass the ball 150 times a game. I mean a game. Well, they might have uh, to. I hope too. so. <laughs> Hey, good news for who, good news for Allen Robinson. They're <laughs> going for 150 times a game. But Alan, every play, no, they they got to throw it to him at least 150 times in the season, man. Uh, which at, almost averages out. It's is slightly under 10 a uh, 10 targets a game. So I I mean he set career highs in receptions. He set career highs in targets. Uh, his touchdowns weren't the best that he's done. His yards weren't the best that he's done, but you know, you're looking at these guys. They're they're tied for 13th in the strength of schedule. They, I would expect them to probably be playing behind quite a bit. Uh, they don't really got much of a running game, like you guys talked about. You, you ain't hearing Tariq Cohen the ball more than maybe 10 times a game. So, uh, interested to see who steps up there. I think they got to throw it in, in, in Robinson the target. Uh, finished 11th in pass attempts. He finished eighth as a wide receiver. Uh, Eight. Um, and he was, he was really solid, man, down the stretch of that season last year, especially heading into the fantasy playoffs. So I think you look for, for a similar volume there. And, uh, he finished with seven touchdowns. I, I really do think you look that he could potentially be hitting double digit touchdowns there, but I got a question for everybody. Just a quick hitter before I kind of move on to to Anthony Miller. Um, which of those quarterbacks gives the wide receiver group the best chance to produce uh, a valuable fantasy season? I just, just I want to go through everybody. Give me a Foles or, uh, uh what's uh Askwite's name? I mean, Trubisky's name?
1: <laughs> I I think for me they both. Um, I, I don't hate either one actually as, as starters as far as for fantasy wise. Um, uh, I think the upside lies with Foles, but if if Trubisky does play he just locks into Allen Robinson. So Allen Robinson's still going uh, to get – Force Robinson. feeds it He just force feeds it. So Allen Robinson, he may have he may have 170 targets if Trubisky's the quarterback again this year. Um, but there will be no one else relevant on this team as far as pass catchers, if that's the case. Foles loves his slot receivers, and um, Solis has already spoke highly of Anthony Miller in the offseason. He's good. Yep, Real good. Just what Foles likes – where he likes to throw the ball. Um, so I think Foles would elevate Anthony Miller – uh, Robinson's targets would come down a bit, but I also think his efficiency in his downfield game would improve. So Foles, for me, as far as for the whole receiving core, Foles would definitely be the best option and provide the most upside.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he just literally nailed it on the head. If Trubisky plays, uh, Robinson could finish in the top, like, six receivers, top seven I mean, receivers. He, he
1: legit could lead the league in targets. Yeah, if, if I mean, because
2: he, uh, he just can't not look at him. And like I said, like he said, Foles just brings uh, more value to everybody as in uh, Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson. I- I've been a Anthony Miller fan quietly. I mean, I've drafted him the last two years <laughs> since he-, he he came out. So, I mean, I think I'm the-, the Anthony Miller fan, but I've just been screwed by him two years in a row with injury and-, and Trubisky being his quarterback. So that's just, I mean, the worst. I think Foles probably brings the most fantasy value for both guys' efficiency, like he said. And, and...
3: Yeah, no, I-, I think I agree with you guys. I think uh, Foles uplifts everybody else. And uh, with Miller, I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and say with Robinson, I think you have potential that he. Robinson doesn't have the recession numbers he had with Trubisky if Foles does start. But I do think you could see him have potentially around the same amount from 11 to 1,200 yards. I do think you could see his touchdown numbers go up as well. Uh, the thing with Anthony Miller, I know he's been called a sleeper by a lot of people. Uh, you know, you don't have Graham there any longer you got miller going out of the slot and uh miller played hurt a little bit last year with that that shoulder and and he ended up having surgery in the off season you know he played all 16 uh he, he didn't finish very well because of the low touchdown numbers uh you know everything else wasn't that great as well but he did show in his rookie season you know he had seven touchdowns So I think he showed that playmaking ability that he can come up and be that guy. Uh, He came out and quoted. He said that he thinks this could be his best season yet. So let's hope so. He's on my team. (laughs) Yeah, right for for the for Anthony Miller, Let's hope so, right? But I mean, (laughs) hey, he 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 improved his targets dramatically. Uh, His his catches went up by almost right about twenty yards. Went up over two hundred yards. You know, I think if you see a little mix of that plus the ability, his touchdown ability that he flashed his rookie year, I think you're looking at a guy that could be top 35 and he played very well weeks 11 through 15 last year. So if he can put that into a consistency aspect, I think you're looking at a guy who is a top 35, could even speak into a top 30. So uh, 12 teams, even 10 teams, he could return you some flex value, but 12 team leagues, you could look at him give you uh, a little bit more value than uh, than he does even in a
0: ten team. So, yeah,
1: I I will add, Roy. That I mean, Miller's definitely shown a lot of flashes. You know, with his time on the field. And I think last year, I think the Thanksgiving game was one of his big games down the stretch. Like you mentioned, where he went off and he had a couple. We had two or three really good games um, in those in that final stretch of the season. I know a lot of teams out there probably were their their team, fancy teams sucked and they weren't watching the Bears much, but he did, like I said, he did show some improvement last year. I've read a lot of good reports out of camp saying that he's really turned the corner as far as his studies, his off-the-field work, um, how seriously he's taken the game. Um, I just think he's really he's really primed for a breakout year if Foles could be the starter. And one more thing I, I want to mention about both these guys, the underlying stats as far as how they rank against um, press, comf- uh, press coverage, uh, zone coverage, man coverage, um, their their win percentages and all different routes they're both amazing for both these players so I think the, these two wide receivers are a lot more talented than people realize and I think both of them offer pretty good values at, at where they're getting drafted let's go ahead and just talk about the the tight ends real quick there's not much to say here um, they get Jimmy Graham in the offseason apparently he's been their camp MVP um, I mean to me that's like I mean, I don't know, win like kindergarten race. I mean, I don't can yeah. Camp MVP Participation means, trophy. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. So, um, I I wouldn't draft Jimmy Graham in a 30-team league. Um, I just think he's he's completely done as a player. But I guess it's something to, to keep an eye on going into the season. Um, behind him, they did draft a rookie tight end in Cole Komet. So, we'll see if he can get on the field early and we'll see what he can um, provide in the NFL. Uh, but I think that wraps us up on the on the bears
0: yeah that's a wrap i appreciate everyone joining in on episode seven covering the nfc north and each team's fantasy relevance uh we had fun and we're looking forward to our next episode where we dive into our season rankings um it should be good if you will give us a follow on twitter at ffrp underscore podcast let us know if you guys have any feedback we love it all uh enjoy looking forward to the football season cheers